Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of the Off-Season Champions Podcast. I'm Sean, and this is a podcast dedicated to the Washington Redskins. So, losing. Can losing feel good? I mean, I guess not, but at this point in the season, we don't have much to play for. And this was possibly the best outcome we could have hoped for in a game. We take the L. All of our young players play exceedingly well, especially our starting franchise quarterback. And we don't give up draft position. Let's get into this game. This was a hell of a game. This was the best performance I've seen from this offense in a long time. The Redskins lost to the Eagles 37-27, bringing their season record to 3-11. I mean, it's always tough to lose to a division rival, especially if it means that that team stays in the playoff hunt. But this one left me coming away with a lot more positives in regards to the players that finished the game. This was one of the best played games I've seen from this offense all year long, and by far the best performance we've seen from Dwayne Haskins to date. The problem is the defense. The defense did not show up, and the defense gave up way too much on the ground and in the air. On offense, Dwayne Haskins, 19 for 28, 261 yards, and two touchdowns. He had his best passer rating in his career. This was by far and wide a career day for Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Hopefully the first of many. And even he said after the game that this wasn't good enough. This is an average game for him at best. And he wants to exceed this going forward. Adrian Peterson, 16 carries, 66 yards, one touchdown. Dwayne Haskins, four carries, 26 yards. And on our receivers... Terry Top Gun McLaurin, five receptions, 130 yards, one touchdown. Steven Sims, five receptions, 45 yards, one touchdown. Chris Thompson, two receptions, 26 yards. Adrian Peterson, three receptions, 25 yards. And Kelvin Harmon, two receptions, 22 yards. Dwayne Haskins had a hell of a day. Again, probably the best day we've seen from him uh, since he started for this team. And it could have been much better. Terry McLaurin had five receptions on five targets. Steven Sims had five receptions on 11 targets. That's a lot of drops. That's a lot of missed opportunities, especially for an explosive player like Steven Sims. Um, Steven Sims, who, by the way, I think we found our future uh, receiver in the slot, who has just exceeded expectations, has performed and been dynamic on kick returns and punt returns. Um, I've got nothing but great things to say about Steven Sims. Uh, to pick him up where we did after the draft and to have him start. And I know it's late in the season, and for all intents and purposes, the Redskins season is over. But to have three rookies start, Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims, and Kelvin Harmon, that just speaks to the future. I, I think everyone at the beginning of the year thought receiver was going to be an issue for this team. And arguably it was until they got the right combination in there. 
Um, Paul Richardson started the year. Trey Quinn started the year in slot. And Paul Richardson is now on IR. Trey Quinn, I assume, will go on IR. I don't believe he's coming back anytime soon. So to see our three rookies, Terry McLaurin, Steven Sims, and Kelvin Harmon, catching balls from our other rookie, Dwayne Haskins, it it feels good. It feels like the future is bright. All of our young players had a great day yesterday. This offensive group is going to have a lot of success over the next couple of years, and that's assuming they don't add anyone else in free agency and in the draft. And I have a feeling they'll probably look for a tight end, presumably in free agency because the draft doesn't look that deep. But there's going to be additional weapons for Dwayne Haskins. Imagine if Jordan Reed was playing. A a player that dynamic, a player who can be reliable when he's on the field. It's it's just going to go a long way for this offensive group. And it it's something to get excited about. Dwayne Haskins played really, really, really well. Um, again, Washington put up 362 total yards, 261 in the air and 101 on the ground. Um, I think the best part of what we saw from Dwayne Haskins yesterday was the improvements, the consistency. Uh, He got into a rhythm early on. The tempo was picked up a little bit from what we're used to seeing. He got the ball out of his hands faster, did not take a sack, which was something I'd talked about in the past that he needed to improve on. Um, Did not throw an interception, which another thing, he's making great reads. He's getting the ball out of his hand quick, quickly, and he's diagnosing at the line and knowing where his relief man is and he's getting it done, man. He looked great. We could add a a few more yards uh, if there weren't a couple drop passes, but I think it was a really good production out of uh, Dwayne Haskins yesterday. I really think everything he's been working towards is culminating in these last three games and based off his performance this week, I cannot wait to see what he does to the Giants next week. Uh, I really think if this was his first breakout game, I think next week is going to be something special. I, I think it's something that he is going to go into the offseason thinking about. I think it's something that is going to draw coaches here. Um, I have very high hopes for him next week. And to see him grow and to consistently get better, uh, it should make everyone feel better. I, I know there were some questions about Dwayne Haskins with the first time he played the Giants when he came in in the second half and after his first couple starts, but he has shown that he can consistently grow as a player. He can consistently develop, that he does not make the same mistakes, and that when he works on something week in and week out, it improves, and he can stack those weeks on top of each other and consistently get better. The issue with this game yesterday had to be the defense. Um, Yeah, I don't know what to say about this D that I haven't said in the past. Greg Minuski, you know, every every other week we get a different performance out of him. And yesterday was just 
plain vanilla, a pedestrian defensive coaching performance from Minuski. And it really cost this team the game. I mean, there was, I can't even tell you, seven, eight uh, lead changes throughout the game. And I had zero confidence that this defense would stop the Eagles at any point. I didn't think they would be able to stop drives at all. Um, and it just proved too much in the end. Um, certain players played well. Ryan Anderson played phenomenal yesterday. Uh, it was just a group effort overall, and I just don't think these coaches are getting enough out of these players. Quinton Dunbar did not play in this game. Uh, Danny Johnson was called up, and he had a great game. Ten tackles, nine uh, solo. Jonathan Allen had nine tackles. Cole Holcomb, again, all over the field, has a nose for the ball, a motor that won't quit. Uh, Cole Holcomb, for a fifth-round rookie, he's having a phenomenal season in my book, um, especially when our starting middle linebacker in Ruben Foster goes down in training camp. For a kid like Cole Holcomb to come in and step up and become a leader on this defense, uh, I think it's something special, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do over the next couple of years. Um, but other than that, I mean, Ryan Anderson, again, he had five tackles, two sacks, one tackle for a loss. Um, you know, other than that group, Landon Collins had a pretty quiet game. Fabian Moreau had a relatively quiet game. Montez Sweat basically non-existent again. Um, our front line, pretty quiet. Ionitis had a one tackle, I believe just one tackle. Um, Deron Payne had a sack that was called for roughing the passer. Actually, Anderson would have had three sacks, uh, but one of them was called uh, for roughing the passer on a, a pretty ridiculous call. But there was several ridiculous penalties yesterday in this game. This D, man, it's got to do better. It just has got to do better. I cannot wait to see what the next head coach and the next defensive coordinator can do with this team, with this defense especially. Um, Greg Minuski has shown that he cannot coach at this level, that he cannot make adjustments, and stay competitive at the NFL level. And there is far too much talent on this team, and we're going to add additional pieces this offseason. There's a few free agent corners that I think this team desperately needs to look at. Um, and we're getting, again, Ruben Foster should be back next year, and presumably we'll be looking at an outside linebacker, uh, as I don't know what's going to go on with Ryan Kerrigan in the offseason. Uh, Kerrigan, again, also another player, moved to the IR this week. Uh, one and a half sacks shy of the all-time sack record for the Redskins. Um, and with a new head coach coming in and possibly a new GM coming in and Ryan Kerrigan having a pretty high salary and low production on the season, I don't know what's going to happen next year. I would have loved to have seen Ryan Kerrigan break that sack record this season. Um, just wasn't in the cards, and I can't honestly tell you if he'll be back next year or not. Um, I can't even at the moment tell you if I want him back, 
depending on who we get in here as coach and who's available free agency and who's on the board when we draft. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered before I can tell you whether it's a good idea or not to have Ryan Kerrigan back on this team. But we won't see him until at least the beginning of next season. Uh, there was a lot of injuries, especially in our secondary. Jimmy Moreland went down with an injury. Uh, again, Dunbar did not play. And Colvin went down with an injury, which meant late in the game, Josh Norman had to come off the bench and play in our secondary. And it did not go well. Uh, I think on the first play of his in the game, he was blocked out of the play by about 10 yards. Um and in the fourth quarter, with about 30 seconds left on the clock, Norman, Norman was beat in the end zone, giving the Eagles their go-ahead winning touchdown. Um, and again, Norman is another player that I can almost 100% guarantee he will not be back on this team next year. Um, he has a ridiculous contract, and there's no way that this team fulfills it and brings him back. I don't know where he's going to go next year. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, if he even comes back to the league, I'm sure he wants to play. Um, and I'm sure he'll wind up somewhere, but not for the $15 million that he was supposed to get from us next year. It'll be interesting to watch this next week. If we can get a cornerback, if we can get Dunbar back on the field, and if the Redskins don't pick up another corner in free agency. Um because that performance at a Norman yesterday was just awful, and we are thin at cornerback at the moment. Um, I believe John Kime asked him after the game, or at least he tweeted about it, uh, asked Norman about coming off the bench, and Norman basically said that he still believes that he's an elite player. And I don't know what you'd expect a guy to say in that position, but I think he's proved that he's not worth the contract that we gave him. Um, maybe he was the first two, three years. He was at one point an elite cornerback for this team, and quarterbacks thought twice about throwing against him. But now he is just toast. He has been – there's been no production uh, on the defense side of things for him, and – there's a reason he's been sitting on the bench, and the only reason he comes out is because we are down to no cornerbacks left. Um, but we'll see what happens over the next two weeks and into the offseason. Um, Danny Johnson, I mentioned earlier, had a phenomenal game. He came back off IR, uh, nine solo tackles, uh, one, pass, play, uh, one pass defended, um, just a Really good game from him, uh, from someone who we wouldn't expect to have great production on a game coming off IR, but he was thrown in there and he performed. And he's a second-year player. Uh, presumably, he was under contract for another couple years, and he is going to be a good depth piece for the secondary. Uh, I just think that there's a lot of needs in the secondary, um, replacing Norman, um, maybe getting some competition for Moreau in there. I really think this team needs to look at a replacement for Fabian Moreau. He's still making ridiculous errors and mistakes on this field. Um, he laid a hit on Zach Ertz, and it was ridiculous. I mean, it was a stupid play on his part. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't even, I don't know what to say about him. It just seems like trouble follows him wherever he is. And there's been about three times this last year where I said, I don't think he's going to be back on this team. And he keeps coming back. So I think that safety is going to be a need this offseason as well. Um, there's a lot of needs this team has. And new head coach, a lot of needs, not a ton of draft uh, picks. But we do have some high-value vets that possibly we can trade for picks. Um, I guess we'll see how creative this front office team can be during the offseason. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, Dwayne Haskins had no sacks on the day. Washington got two on Philly, taken down Wentz twice. Uh, although it looked a few times like Haskins should have been sacked, he was able to escape pressure and get the ball at least past the line of scrimmage. Um, so good on him, man. He There was one point yesterday where the pocket was collapsing around him, and like so many times we've seen before, you're just waiting for him to get sacked behind the line of scrimmage. And he felt the pressure, stepped up in the pocket, got out, and picked up a couple yards or got the ball away. And it was good to see. It was great to see Haskins feeling that pocket collapsing, feeling the pressure around him. Um, he is just, I have nothing but great things to say about Dwayne Haskins. Overall, as the day as a total for a quarterback, I, 261 yards. I mean, that's good production. It's not great production, but it's what we've need to, needed to see from Dwayne. And it's what we've needed from him to know that he is the guy, that he is ready to be that guy, that he's ready to step up and get to that next level as a quarterback. Uh, I talked at length last week after his injury that all of these things need to come together. All of the building blocks need to come together and everything he's learning week in and week out, it, he needs to show up and, and really show that off. And I think this was the first example of it. I think there's going to be another example of it next week. And I can't wait to see the last week of the year against the Cowboys. Uh, I was really hoping we'd play spoiler to the Eagles today uh, in this game. And, you know, the game just got away from us late. But if we can play spoiler week 17 against Dallas, um, that'd be great. Uh, of all the teams in the league, I mean... Eagles and Dallas are obviously our division rivals, but you know they're two of, in my opinion, uh, uh, I just hate those teams, and it'll be great to see this what this team can do week seventeen against Dallas. Um, so Ryan Kerrigan and Paul Richardson moved to IR this week. Wes Martin started in place of Brandon Sheriff. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, I believe today they announced that he was in New York uh, seeking a second opinion on his shoulder and elbow. Um, I presume by tomorrow or later this week, Sheriff will be moved to the IR. And, you know, we're quietly getting to that point in the season again where this is an injury-riddled team. We are hit with the injury bug again, and 
if you look at the amount of players that are collecting ridiculous salaries that are not on the field, it is astounding. Alex Smith, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, Paul Richardson. It is crazy to me how much money is sitting on the IR from our salary cap. And I don't know if a lot of those players are going to be back next year. Um, But this team, this front office, the next head coach, they need to take a long, hard look at this training staff, at this conditioning staff, and figure out why year in and year out they are dealing with constant injuries, constant season-ending injuries. I know a lot of teams go through this, and I know this is the NFL, and players get injured, but it just seems like we go through uh, and we go through it at an astounding rate. And week in and week out, late in the season, we're moving players to the IR. It's just frustrating, and I think something needs to be done, whether it be removing the training staff, whether it be bringing in outside consultants. Uh, something needs to be done this offseason. We cannot go another year allowing this to continue. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Brandon Sheriff did not play. Uh, Sheriff and Dunbar were rolled out both sides of the ball. That's pretty good production starters that we lost. Uh, however, Wes Martin, I think, had a pretty good game starting for Brandon Sheriff. Um, he only had one penalty, but... From what I could tell, from the few plays that I concentrated on him and watched just him, he handled himself pretty well out there, uh, going up against Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, um, arguably two of the best defensive linemen that we'll face uh, in the NFC. And he did well. Um, A lot of people are saying, well, we don't have to pay Brandon Sheriff because we have Wes Martin. He did well for one game, and I really don't think we can judge um, what he will become based off of this one game against the Eagles. And Brandon Sheriff, we picked him up in our first round pick, I think fifth overall. We got to get him back in the building. We got to re- re-sign Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers. You cannot have enough good line depth. And if Wes Martin is your backup to those two guys, I think we're doing pretty good. I don't know what's going on with Bruce Allen and this front office, but Eric Flowers and Brandon Sheriff need to be one of the highest priorities for getting re-signed. There's not a lot of players I think they should be re-signing, maybe restructuring a couple players, but that should be their top priority. Brandon Sheriff has health issues. He's going to miss, likely miss the rest of the season. But I think overall, the benefits outweigh the negatives, and it's important that they get him re-signed. Maybe with all his injury issues, they can get a better deal than what they were trying to negotiate with him. But I think it's important that they get that squared away. Um, Yeah, I just don't know what to say about this game, other than that the defense really didn't live up to the uh live up to the expectations. There's been weeks where the defense has kept it in it, kept us in games and the offense wasn't able to compete. 
And I've seen over the last couple of weeks, there's been becoming a shift where the offense is kind of getting better and stepping up a little bit more. We had a really good run game a couple of weeks ago. Um, and again, Dwayne Haskins balled out this week. He had confidence. He took his shots. He made faster reads. Um, you know, the, this defense, I don't know, man. They struggled in a big way. And uh, I know it's not all on the coaches, but if a coach isn't going to utilize his players the right way and put them in the right position to win, it's on them. This loss, I'm going to hang on Minuski. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what comes next for this front office and for this head coach. Uh, whoever's going to be hired or take over this team, I cannot wait to see something different because it is getting harder and harder to watch this D. So the Redskins lose, and they lose in a game that doesn't matter to us. I would have hoped that we'd won just to play spoiler to the Eagles and push them that much farther out of playoff contention, but it didn't work. And now we lost our sixth straight loss to the Eagles and we have to hear the Eagles fans talk for another offseason about how they swept us. But I guess this was the best possible outcome of a loss. We remain, our, uh, we remain where we are in the draft position. Our rookies and our quarterback balled out. And in a point in the season where it doesn't matter if we win or lose, I guess that's the best outcome you can ask for. Um. So at the game, it was reported by, uh, I believe, J.P. Finley. I'm not sure who else reported on it. Uh, Urban Meyer was at the game on the sideline and then in the owner's box, shown several times sitting with Alex Smith, um, which led to a ton of speculation on why he's in town. Could he possibly be a new head coach candidate? And, I mean, I bought into the hype. I would love to see Urban Meyer come in. I'm a huge Ohio State fan. I'm an Alabama fan. Um, I would love to see Urban Meyer come in. And he has been at the head of very successful football programs several times. I think he's a true leader. I think he would do wonderful things here. Um, But Terry McLaurin said after the game that Urban Meyer was invited by him as his personal guest and that he was only there to watch McLaurin and Haskins. Um, It was also reported uh, from someone at Fox, I'm not sure exactly who, I apologize, that he was in town for a meeting at the White House and that he has little interest in returning to coaching. I know he's probably saying that now because of all the speculation and everything else. But he's going to be one of the, I think, most coveted off-season coaching hires. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Urban Meyer in Dallas, and now having him come and sit in the owner's box of Washington. You know, I'd love to see him come. I tweeted yesterday, uh, Urban Meyer was looking at Alex Smith. They were talking, and I tweeted, I would love to see Alex Smith as GM, Urban Meyer as head coach. It'd be something different. It'd be something out of the norm that we haven't had or seen in a while here in Washington. And 
again, I know it's completely speculative, but it would mean that Bruce Allen was out. And I'd be completely fine with it. I think Alex Smith is a brilliant man. And Urban Meyer, again, has a proven track record. It would be quite the combination. But we'll see what happens. This is going to be another name that's going to be added to the list to be talked about endlessly over the next couple weeks. Um, We don't have any movement on the front office side of things. For as much talk of Bruce Allen is going to be fired and Bruce Allen is out and it's only a matter of days, he was at the game yesterday. He was at the owners' meetings. Uh, From what I heard today, he's in the discussions with the scouts going over the 2020 draft board. So I don't know if Bruce Smith is if Bruce Allen is going to be uh, on the outs with this team. Uh, from what I've heard, he's being distanced from Al, uh, Dan Snyder, and they haven't been seen as much together. Um, and when after the games, it's usually Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. Yesterday, it was Dan Snyder and Alex Smith for approximately four hours after the game. So I don't know what's to come with this front office. I don't know what's to come next. Um, I've thrown out a few names of GMs I'd love to see this team go after. Um, Mike Borgonzi, Ed Dodds, Louis Riddick, Nick Casario. Um, but we don't know what's going to happen. I can only hope Bruce Allen is on his way out and that Dan Snyder will do the right thing and get a football-minded, respected GM in this building and build from there. Um, you know, I'd love to see a guy like Mike Borgonzi come in. He's the chief's director of football. Um, he knows Alex Smith, um, maybe moving Alex Smith into some sort of a front office assistant GM role or, uh, person player personnel role. Um, but a guy like Borgonzi and a person like Alex Smith in the front office would greatly help in alluring head coaching candidates like being and you know there's a lot of really talented coaches out there that I think we can get with a good GM in the building I think a lot of people are scared away by Bruce Allen and rightfully so they don't want to stick their they, they, they don't want to come on to a sinking ship and I think that's a big reason why we did not get a new defensive coordinator last year because a lot of people knew this is Jay Gruden's last year. And why stick myself to Jay Gruden when he's most certainly going down? I don't want to go for a one-and-done year somewhere. And that's why we lost Todd, Todd Bowles, and that's why we lost Greg Williams. I think in order to get a top-tier new head coach in here, we need to get rid of Bruce Allen we need to bring in someone, um, someone different. You know, again, I'd love to get a, a guy like Borgonzi, Dodds, Riddick, Casario. Um, I would even be okay with a guy like Ozzie Newsom, uh, you know, Brian Gain, if we moved up Doug Williams. As long as we remove uh, Bruce Allen and get someone in there that is respected and can bring in a coach and bring in a coach that's going to change the culture here and change the way this team is perceived and the players are perceived. We just need something different. And I can go on about this till I'm blue in the face every week, 
but we need something different. I mean, there is a ton of college coaches right now that I would take in a second over what we have and what we've had. (coughs) Uh, Top of that list, um, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, Nick Saban, Matt Rule, Dabo Sweeney, Jim Harbaugh, David Shaw, Ed Ogeron, Ryan Day, Kirby Smart, James Franklin, Chris Peterson, Jimbo Fisher. I know most of these guys aren't looking to go anywhere, but to get an NFL gig, and don't get me wrong, Dan Snyder's going to have to pony up a lot of money, but it's the NFL, and these guys are proven winners and proven team builders, culture changers. That's what this team needs. I'm so looking forward to the next step, the next chapter. I'm so looking forward to what comes ahead because I think there is a lot of young talent on this team and with the right front office and the right coach and the right personnel, this team can get back to greatness and not in a long amount of time. They can be successful. We have a lot of needs this offseason, but if we attack it the right way and we get the right staff in here, we could be successful relatively quickly. And in the NFC East that is floundering, that is not been what it used to be. It's wide open, in fact. This team could be successful, and I'm so looking forward to something different, someone new, just a change, a culture change, a complete change from the top down. Can't come soon enough. So there's two weeks left in the season. We have a big game coming up against the New York Giants. They're coming to Washington. It is the battle for the bottom of the NFC East, the battle for draft position, and really it's a, I guess, going away game for Eli Manning. Probably one of his last games as a New York Giant, probably the one of the last times he'll face the Redskins as a New York Giant. And... I'm sure he wants to go out with a win. I think he sits, his career record at, is right now at 117 wins and 117 losses. So for bragging rights, I guess you could say, and just to go out with a winning record, I'm sure he wants to win this game. Both of us could use this loss for draft position. I don't really play that game with I want a team to lose to get a better draft position. But at this point in the season... I'd love for the same outcome that we had this week. I'd love to see great production out of Dwayne Haskins. I'd love to see our rookies have phenomenal days. I'd love to see this defense get better, back on track a little bit. Um, but I don't want to see us lose our draft position as well. You know, Chase Young is a very special player. We could desperately use an offensive tackle if he's not on the board. So we definitely have some big needs. And the better the pick, the bigger the opportunity to make a splash in the draft or even trade back and get some additional picks. Uh, But it's going to be an interesting game. Um, A lot on the line for a team that has nothing on the line. And following that, week 17, we have Dallas. And if this playoff race stays close and we could play spoilers and knock the 
Cowboys out of the playoff comp- uh, contention and shut down Jerry's season. I would love that. Um, we'll see how this week plays out for Dallas and the Eagles. Um, a big week for the NFC East. As always, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. I truly hope you enjoy what I'm doing here on this podcast. Uh, it's an absolute labor of love. I enjoy doing it. Um, if you're not already, please subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend or any Redskin fan. Um, if you do like the show, by all means, please leave a rating or a review. And anything you guys can do to help support the podcast would really be beneficial in helping me grow a wider audience and to just get out there to more people. If you guys are on Twitter, please follow me at HTTRChamps. Again, thank you guys all for your support. Till next time.